It's the Out of the League Monkcast, presented by Great Iron Monks. And here are your hosts, Vivian and Milton. Whoa, we're firing back that New York groove, you know, because the Jets didn't just beat any team. They beat who these so-called analysts out there were already crowning as the best team in the NFL. So, well-deserved, New Jersey. Whoa, and then Josh Allen might be hurt. Frank Reich, Reich, uh, I don't know how to say his name, now gets the boot. Aaron Rodgers has another meltdown. So much again to discuss in another week of full-on drama, like a movie. With me is our cult resident expert, Vivian. You know, she's going to break down all this and give us, hopefully, comfort and some answers. But before that, just like good old Tom Brady showed us, now that his selfish wife is out of the picture... There's still a few vintage two-minute drill left in his tank. So let's hit it. Tom Brady, four-minute drill. All right, in League One, Top Golf gets demolished by three Bengals and a hound dog, while 21 rings lost big to Calvin Sportsbook, nearly by 77 points. Ow. Big Easy took a big easy win over I was over on the bench, and fantasy football team crushes Diana's Dandy's team. Herb your enthusiasm. Did good, but not great in a losing matchup against good, not great. <laughs> League 2, Connor's glorious team saw their winning streak come to an end thanks to the Al Pacheco. Rams have it better than the actual Rams in a win over all Barkley, no bite. While Los Diablos Moncos wins out a low-scoring affair with Tank with Tugel. We are now 5-4, five, five straight wins. The Wolfpack puts up big numbers, but it was not enough to stop Kyle Kemp's real team, whose Mixon landed her a whopping 172.3 points on the week. Friday night, Corgi succumbs to Jill's super team, 114-145. to 145. League 3, Phil Philly lost to team trying my best, but at least the Eagles are undefeated. Janelle's right pack is at the mercy of Excelsior, while Yo Belichick yourself outmanages Spork. Rebeculous in a ridicu- ridiculous loss to Rick's legit team. Oh. And Scott Scott's mother's dance dandy team. League 4, Trufani's sloppy stakes finally brings Matt Loving it to its knees, while Aji's astonishing team astonishes in a win over Mother Sleuth. Andy's marvelous team looks like less than, with only 42 points scored against Lindsay's legendary team. Karen's swag team crushes sack lunch, and Brady Gaga makes a comeback like Brady over Herbert Sherbert. League 5, I got a feeling best Kyle's legendary team, while Joel's astounding team eats fluty flakes for breakfast. The Smith's dazzling team misses laces out, and Spartans get speared by Peter's phenomenal team. Travis Book bashers round up the circus, ringing down Christian Clowns 116.44 to 97.30. League 6, 4-0-4, team not found, oh my gosh. Somehow manages a win over below average leather while Ain't No Hollaback Girls. Girl jumps back to tackle Jake's world class team. Gosh, you guys in your long names. Aker Breakyheart is healed with a win over Thomas Unmatched Team while Will's extraordinary team proves that he is the real Mr. Football. Milo's magnificent team chokes on beer vodka valet 66.84 to 78.6. That's low. League 7 Sky Supercharger soars over the 18 while Big Back, Big, oops, Big Back Energy was the one who was actually killing it. Laid off monks couldn't take big gulps. Oh, and oh my gosh, and Alex's awesome team sends to a Fantia Beyond packing, and Francis' fantastic team wins the matchup over Emily's excellent team. League 8, demented and sad with social, crushes the auto draft kings. The legendary holds on to first in the smash win over Claudia's standout team, while Danny Dainey smashes Monster Mash. Katie's quality team couldn't overcome Brooke's boss team, and hurts so good. 
falls to more money, more problems. 98 to 123. League 9, Gronk and me softly tears through Trey area while the terrible towel wipes down Mitch's mathless team. Stacy's quality team looked less than in a 96 point loss from Hail Mary. Wow. While rebuilding year continues to build momentum against Ovo Yen. The Bantus Inferno couldn't figure out 18 of the best turnip recipes and went down in flames. League 10 Sunday Night King gets edged out by Touchdown Mama. Ow. While Sarah's OK team falls for false gold. Edward's quality team gets beaten out by Cats on rival team and no breaks Jake went all in on Jordan's, Jordan's grand team. Kailito Bandito climbs the ranks in a win over Colin's Master Blasters. And League of Champs, the Vanty Adams helped Revis and Bunhead soar into a big win over I'm Thinking Arby's. Ooh. JT's Legends falls again to Kendall Beckham Jr., while Orange is a new sack takes a sack from LFG. Champlain with a league high 139 ices out the third string kickers who put up 117.84. All right, so breaking news, the Indianapolis Colts have officially fired head coach Frank Reich. So, you know, this comes just one week after we talked about how they fired um, their OC, Marcus Brady. Um, But as we talked about last week, obviously Reich has been calling the plays for the Colts offense this season. And Brady's responsibilities was kind of the game planning and play design. The Colts offense is currently ranked 32nd. Um, out of 32 teams, obviously, wow. and against the Patriots over the weekend, the Colts offense uh, had an average of less than one yard of offense. So now we've had two coaches fired midseason, I guess. I don't know. Who do we think is on the chopping block? Honestly, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised that Frank Reich got fired. I'm surprised that this firing came before other coaches like Josh McDaniels, Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> oh, Josh is next. Maybe. Not sure. This is shocking. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Um, so, in a follow-up breaking news, the Colts named their former six-time Pro Bowl um, champion and ESPN analyst Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach. So Saturday has been a consultant for the team, is in the Colts' ring of honor, and was also the head coach for a high school, uh, a Hebron Christian Academy football team in Georgia. So this is very, very interesting. They went with a guy who has actually no coaching experience in the NFL. Um, but how? how this plays out for the Colts. It's a very, very random pick, for sure. Interesting. Um, but on to injury report. Game time decisions. We know that Keenan Allen, uh, tight end, wide receiver Josh Reynolds, Darren Waller, Damian Harris, DeAndre Carter, and Zach Moss were all inactive um, for the last week's games. Michael Thomas was placed on the IR, and Rashad Bateman is now to be undergoing surgery. So those guys are going to be out for pretty much the season. Uh, Mm -hmm. But injuries from the weekend, Bills quarterback Josh Allen, who has a history of UCL sprain in 2018, it appears that he suffered another UCL sprain on a play very late. 
elbow. Um, he is experiencing watch throughout the week. Packers injury update. This one's a doozy. Backer Rashawn Gary knee was ruled questionable. Wide receiver Christian Watson was evaluated for a concussion. This is his second one in the last like week or so, so he's most definitely out. Uh, David Bakhtiari, which is their tackle, is questionable. Romeo Dalbs with an ankle um, was ruled out. He was seen in a boot on his right foot and also had crutches following the game. It looks oh, like my. they've confirmed that he has a high ankle sprain, so he's going to be out four to six weeks. Uh, so another target for Aaron Rodgers is going to miss times. Uh, quarterback Eric Stokes with an ankle and knee injury was also taken out of the game with also right foot in a boot plus crutches. Uh, no updates there. Their guard, John Runyon, had a knee injury and was marked questionable. And then Packers running back Aaron Jones was seen with the left foot in a boot. Uh, it looks like the test came back negative yesterday, and they think that he should be able to play this week. But Roshan Gary um, was confirmed to have torn his ACL. We'll have an MRI to determine if there's additional damage, but likely out for the season. So that's a huge L for the Green Bay defense. Uh, basically, this whole team is falling apart. <laughs> yep. Um, Bengals running back Chris Evans uh, with a knee injury left Sunday's game and did not return as long with their safety Dax Hill to shoulder injury. Lions running back Craig Reynolds suffered a rib injury against Green Bay and did not return. Jaguars tight end Evan Ingram suffered a back injury against Vegas and will be considered day-to-day this week, but they think he should be fine for week 10. David Njoku says he's feeling better back after... (laughs) After the bye week, um, he's hopeful to play this week against Miami. And then the Panthers have officially activated Sam Darnold. Oh, boy. <laughs> off the oh, IR. boy. Oh, the, boy. The Saints have elevated running back Jordan Howard and wide receiver Kevin White um, to the active roster. The 49ers have designated running back Elijah Mitchell to return from the IR. Mm. And the last piece of news is that, you know, Wide receiver, free agent OBJ is supposed to be fully cleared medically by the end of this week. Um, they're saying expect a lot of teams to show interest. Right now, reports are saying that the Cowboys are the most likely destination they have OBJ in their sights after attemp- attempting to acquire a speedy wide receiver before the trade deadline. Cool. All right, so let's break down all this drama from week nine, okay? Yeah, this week was very, very chaotic. You know, we had um, a lot of upsets. We had four games on Sunday that were tied at seventeen seventeen um, mm-hmm. for quite a bit of time, which is kind of wild. But we'll start, the chaos really started on Thursday night um, (laughs) with the Texans making this game interesting. It's crazy to think that one of the best Thursday night games that we've had this season was between an undefeated team and a one-win team. But, you know, in the end, Philly stayed consistent every quarter to get it done. The Texans were definitely giving them a run for their money, though. In the first half, the final score, we had 29-17. 
Um, on the Eagles side of the ball, not Hurts' best outing, but he still had 21 out of 27 for 243 and two and nine carries for 23. Miles Sanders, as we expected, he capitalized on the weak Texas run defense, had 70 carries for 93 and a touchdown. And even Kenneth Gainwell found the end zone in this game. Then in terms of the receiving core, it was Dallas Goddard. You know, he had eight catches on nine targets for 100 yards and a touchdown. And then A.J. Brown followed that with four out of six targets caught for 31 and a touchdown. Um, while Devontae Smith also brought in both of his targets for 22. The Texans side of the ball, Davis Mill was actually having a really good first half, but ultimately he ended up finishing 13 out of 22 for 154 and two, and then two, three carries for 18. Uh, to no surprise, Damian Pierce continues to dominate on the ground, 27 carries for 139. And then with no Brandon Cooks, it was Philip Dorsett and Chris Moore who kind of split the targets. Uh, the latter found the end zone along with Tegan Quitoriano. <laughs> I don't know who these guys are, but yeah, that was actually kind of a fun game to watch until the end there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't know who that team in red was, but then it was, oh, it's a Houston, Texas guy. Yeah, it took everyone by surprise. Um, Okay, let's move into Sunday. We'll start with some of the quieter games first. So the first up we had was Colts Patriots. Final score, 326. This is by far the worst, most painful game of the weekend to watch, I think. Um, there was, like, so much action going on in all of the early slates. And I remember I would glance over at the TV in the corner at the bar every once in a while. And I'm just like, how is this game still on? Like, why is it still on? Uh, the Colts played horrifically. So this is, comes as no surprise why Frank Reich was fired. Uh, following this game, you know, he really tried to pawn off the the season, like poor performance on like everyone else. You know, first he sits Matt Ryan's like, oh, it's Matt Ryan's fault that we suck. Um, then he fires, you know, his offensive coordinator. Um, it's like, oh, it's his fault. He makes the game scripts. But mm-hmm. like, there's no one left to blame, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you got rid of all your scapegoats and then you put out a game like this. Sam Ellinger could not connect 15 out of 29 for 103. No receivers could break through. There was no room to run. Deion Jackson was their best option, and he faced loaded boxes and stacked rushing tacks because of Ellinger's inexperience. And this whole team just, it was trash. It was, they were terrible. And, you know, the Patriots, Mac Jones, he played pretty average, but enough to help the team get it done by getting the ball to Jacoby Myers and Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson had 15 carries for 60 and three out of seven targets for 10 and a touchdown. And Myers had uh, five out of six catches for 42 and a carry for two. I think the targets, the rest of the targets are spread pretty evenly amongst the rest of the receiving room. But, you know, they didn't really have to do much to get it done. Like the Colts were just flaming hot garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Then we move. Let's move into Ooh. a different game now. This game right. is also... Also trash. Um, <laughs> Packers, Lions, final score 9-15. And much like that LSU-Bama game, which was crazy at the end. I don't know if you – I know of you don't follow not. college football, but that is a major, major upset. Like, Bama has never been knocked out of the playoffs this early. So it's kind of wild. But that game, there was pretty much no offense at all in the first half. And this is pretty similar, but at least – 
you know, those guys turn it around and the animated exciting. I think the final score is like 32, 34 or something. Um, these guys just, I mean, the Lions entered today allowing an average of 32.1 points per game to their opponents. By far the worst in the NFL. And they haven't held anyone to fewer than 24 points. And the, the fact that the Packers only managed nine points, <laughs> nine points, like, no, no. what the hell? They've lost, yes. they now lost five straight games with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback for the first time since 2008. And mm. they, they're probably going to finish last in the division. They just look so, Christ. so bad. You know, and I think about that interview that Aaron Rodgers said, like, where he talks about, like, oh, if a, if players make mistakes, like, shouldn't shouldn't be allowed to start the game, maybe it's time to bench Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Three picks in the end zone. Yeah, he looks washed. You know, he struggled to get through his progressions, couldn't make quick reads, couldn't protect the football, couldn't pull off any deep throws downfield. Like, and the rest of the offense was just abysmal. Like, the Packers struggled so much on the ground that Rodgers actually led the team in rushing yards against wow. a Lions run defense that was ranked <laughs> 30, 30 coming into this matchup. So, I mean, at least, I guess at least Rodgers is good for something, but I'm not sure why Aaron Jones was once again relegated to the 1B role behind A.J. Dillon. Just oh, no. terrible play calling. Um, Alan Lazard was really the only saving grace for the Packers. He had four out of ten catches for 87 and that lone touchdown, but that was pretty much it for the Packers' offense. Um, but, man, the the Lions, the Lions also, you know, this is Jamal Williams' season high, 24 carries, which is so disappointing for Jamal Williams' owners, only 3.38 yards per carry. And then DeAndre Swift didn't get much usage in the run game since the team was kind of easing him back in. But mm -hmm. he also had three out of four catches for 40, which is okay. Uh, and then this week, you know, it was Amarose Brown. He was plagued the whole game by Jair Alexander and the rest of the Packers secondary. He only had four out of nine for 55. Um, and then without Hawk, uh, rookie James Mitchell led the position, scoring the touchdown, caught both of his targets on third downs. But, I mean, the Packers secondary did a good job of shutting down the Lions passing game, but mm -hmm. just both offenses were just absolutely terrible. Bad game. Bad, bad game. Bad game. Ooh. And then <laughs> we have the professional choke artists here. Also known as? The Las Vegas Raiders versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, <laughs> 2027 was the final score. There's So in the hmm. history of, I think, all the, of the Raiders being a team, there's been... I think five times when they've been up 17-0 and they've lost, three out of those games came in this season. Three games this season that the Raiders have blown their leads. They were up 20-0 in the third versus the Cardinals, up 17-0 in the half with the Chiefs, now up 17-0 in the first half against the Jaguars. And they just are so irresponsible with the ball. Mm. Um, you know, Derek Carr had a hot start and then – the Raiders came out with that conservative play calling to start the second half. 
Carr nearly threw a pick six on third down, mm-hmm. leading to a punt, lost all connection with Adams in the second half with a drop and an inaccurate pass stalling out with drives. Then he misfired on third and second and then fourth and second to give the ball back to the Jaguars, which, you know, we put them in field goal range to lose this mess. But Josh Jacobs, he was bottled up the first half. He ended up finishing 17 carries for 67 and brought in all three targets for 20. Devontae Adams looked like he was going to have a monster, monster day until the team just completely shut down. He had 10 out of 17 for 146 and two. And then everyone else was just pedestrian. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Jaguar side, Trevor Lawrence, he's quarterback 11 on the week, 21 or sorry, 25 out of 31 for 255 and one and six carries for 53. He was docked two fantasy points on an opening drive fumble on a misconnection on a pitch, but overall, I think he looked pretty decent. Then mm-hmm. Travis Etienne, uh, 28 for 109 and two, and then bringing in two targets for 17. Looks absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Kirk, he was quiet in the first half, but then Lawrence started to pepper him with targets in the second half. He ended up eight out of nine with 76 and one. Uh, and then Marvin Jones and Zay Jones <laughs> alternated opportunities when they were going to Kirk or ETN. I think they both look pretty confident. They both seem to have good rapport with Lawrence. Evan Ingram had a red zone screen pass in the second half for his only reception. But then he left the game late with a back issue. It was a non-factor for the rest of the game, for most of the game regardless. So that was kind of a disappointment if you picked him up. But, man, the Raiders. <laughs> Talk about embarrassing. Bad coaching. It's it's just so bad coaching. So many bad decisions. Uh, well deserved. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they get for moving out of Oakland. Whatever. Yeah, clearly. Um, next we had Chargers Falcons. Twenty seventeen was the final score. This game had one of the craziest plays of the day, and it felt like you were watching Madden. It was when the Chargers fumbled, and then the Falcons recovered the fumble, and then they fumbled the recovery, and then the Chargers <laughs> recovered it. You're just like, what is happening? And then also the stuff. Austin Eckler touchdown that was called back because they said he had his elbow down. Like That would have been amazing, amazing if he actually um, got that. But I think for the Chargers, all things considered, this was a good game for Justin Herbert. You know, he had no Keenan Allen, no Mike Williams, no starting left tackle. I think the right tackle left in the game. You know, he didn't have a second tight end. Went 30 for 43 and 245 and one. Austin Eckler, we know, is a stud. Uh, 14 carries for 47 and one. And then seven out of nine targets for 24 and one. Then Joshua Palmer stepped up in the absence of the other two wideouts. He had eight out of 10 targets caught for 106. Then Gerald Everett, he got a few early screens, but wasn't really a big factor in the second half. And then DeAndre Carter had a few decent plays, but he didn't really put up any big yards. Now, on the Falcons' side of the ball, you know, the box score wasn't really that great for Mariota, but he was pretty accurate all day. And he was getting the ball out pretty quickly and making simple reads. Um, I think he also did a good job protecting the ball and letting the run game kind of lead the way. The Chargers have been really susceptible to the run game all season. Um, So, you know, Tyler Algier managers had to have breathed a side of relief for his usage on Sunday. He had 10 carries for 99. 
uh, showed great physicality, break tackles along the way. But Cordero Patterson, in his return, that red zone usage, man, 13 carries 44 and two touchdowns and a catch for nine. That is great. So obviously, you know, they ease him back in, but he's clearly the running back one on this team. Kyle Pitts, he struggled to get open against the Chargers. He was shadowed by Derwin James for most of the game, two out of seven for 27. And then London had a quiet day outside of getting bum-rushed by Pat who ripped the ball away from him for a crucial turnover in the game. But, you know, this game was kind of fun to watch. I kind of wish this, the box score was higher than it was. I missed this guy. But great <laughs> recap there. I'm going to go and watch it back and rewind. All right. Then we had, man, an upset. Bills, Jets, final score, 17-20. This game also opened up with chaos when the the, the kicker just, like, slipped on the, on the kick. Oh. Um, but this coming into this game, this was going to be one of the best individual matchups. You know, you had Stephon Diggs versus Sauce Gardner. Diggs has had 100-plus receiving yards and a touchdown in three straight games. And then Sauce Gardner hasn't allowed more than three catches or 20 yards as the nearest defender in five straight games. So you knew this was going to be one to watch. Um, for the Bills, Josh Allen, first no-passing touchdown game this season. Wild. Um, 18 out of 35 passes completed for 205, nine carries for 86 and two. Not a great day for Devin Singletary, only eight for 24, and then caught four for 24. The Jets' defense really locked down Stephon Diggs. He fell just short of 100, five out of 10 for 93. And then only Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox played any relevant part in this game through the air. Um, but they really suffered. Like, this was not Josh Allen's best game. He was slightly off of his game um, due to that elbow injury. But two out of five for 33 for Davis, a lot of underthrows to him. Um, and then three out of four for 25 for Dawson Knox. Now, the Jets' side of the ball, you know, Zach Wilson got dialed back to the game management after last week's debacle against the Patriots. He had 18 out of 25 for 154 and one. Very briefly, and then Mike White came in, which was kind of random because I did not realize that Mike White got um, upgraded to the backup over to <laughs> Flacco. Um, but in terms of the backfield, it was pretty evenly split. Michael Carter, 12 out of 70, or sorry, 12 carries for 76 and a touchdown and catch for 10. James Robinson, 13 carries for 48 and then two out of two for five and a touchdown. Then Garrett Wilson was the wide receiver one for the Jets for this game. And pretty much Wilson's only read in the first half, eight out of nine for 92 and a carry for seven. And then with Corey Davis out, I think Elijah Moore was expected to see more opportunities, but instead proved himself to be invisible still. I, I'd be pissed if I was him. I think he got like one target, but it was missed. <laughs> wow. I don't know. But great, great win by the Jets. So does deserve their anthem back in the New York group as we started off this show. So <laughs> let's keep going. Let's keep your battery. Your All computer. right, we got Vikings Commanders, also 2017. Um, on the Vikings, you know, flawless first drive by Kirk Cousins. Uh, then Washington's defense obviously made some adjustments. You get consistent pressure on him, which led to a lot of hurried throws and throwaways. He finished 22 out of 40 for 265 and two. 
Dalvin Cook was bottled up most of the day, but finished 17 carries for 47 and had two out of six targets for nine and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson was the leading receiver for the Vikings, of course, and he started the scoring with his opening drive touchdown. Um, seven out of 13 targets for 115, but covered pretty well the rest of the game after that opening drive. Then Adam Thielen also saw lots of coverage. So good job at the commander's defense, three out of seven for 67. But TJ Hawkinson's Vikings debut, massive, massive usage, considering that he just team on Wednesday. He played 92% of snaps, uh, 36 routes on 42 Kirk Cousins dropbacks. He had 21.9% target share and ended up uh, 9%, 9 catches for 70. So he surpassed Irv Smith's single game high in receiving yards in his first game as a Minnesota Viking. And he matches uh, the single game high for any Vikings tight end since 2018. So crazy, crazy. Like we talked about this on Tuesday, you know, like they were going to, we knew they were going to use him a lot um, in the passing game. And Kevin O'Connell actually, after our recording last week, he came out before the game and said that they were going to use Hawk a lot in the passing game. They actually started working him into practice like Tuesday night at like 10 p.m., which is kind of wild. Um, for the commander side of the ball, you know, I think Taylor Heineke, he continues to be the fearless commander that this team needs him to be. He's just really, he's very chaotic energy. You know, watching him is like watching a roller coaster. It's really exciting. Uh, 15 out of 28 for 149 and two, four carries and four seventeen. Antonio Gibson's biggest contribution was the opening kickoff of the second half, which went for 45 yards. He ended at 11 carries for 36 and then two catches for 11. Brian Robinson Jr. only did 13 carries for 44. Terry McLaurin, he was covered well by the Vikings. He ended up 5-9 and nine for 56. Curtis Samuel had three out of four for 56 and somehow managed to score a touchdown on a deep ball while covered by three defenders. That was probably the best, uh, the best scoring play of the day, but... You know, the Vikings took it. They probably would have been up more, but we know that every time the Vikings go up, they start doing the whole play, conservative play calling thing. Mm. Um, but my biggest takeaway from this was actually post game when they uh, oh. they shared the video of all the guys on the plane. Was did you know that Kirk Cousins is like Jack? He's like super rich. I know. I was like, "Whoa!" Who knew that? I feel like nobody knew. Everybody was like, "Wait, what is that? That's Kirk Cousins." The memes are great. The memes are great. <laughs> who makes um, you cringe okay. more? Can I ask you who makes you cringe more, Russell Wilson or uh, Kirk Cousins? Who's the cheesiest? Oh, Russell Wilson, hands down. Oh wow! Just oh. all his little like sayings. I'm just like, I can't. Okay. At least so. Kirk Cousins is pretty good. At least they're winning. They're seven and one. You know, you can't that be is... saying shit. You can't be saying the shit that Russell Wilson says when you are playing the way that you're playing. Very good take, as always. Okay. <laughs> All right. Exciting game. Finally, a cat fight. Okay. <laughs> Exciting. Bengals, well, because of Mixon. 21-42. Yeah. I mean, the first half of this game was all Bengals. I was watching a bus stop, which is actually a, a Bengals bar, so it was really fun. <laughs> Oh. Um, but they were just dominating the Panthers. 35 and 0, starting with the very first drive as Joe Mixon broke off 35 yards from the screen and then found the end zone. Uh, you know, they had to, the Bengals had to bring him 
Baker Mayfield, you know, he came to start the, the third um, to finally help the Panthers get on board, but it really wasn't enough. So I guess for the Panthers, RIP, the PJ Walker hype train, 2022 to 2022, that lasted like two games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's brought down to earth. You know, he only had three, three <laughs> out of 10 completed passes for nine yards and two interceptions in the first half when they took him out. And then Baker comes in to save the day with some good garbage time stats, 14 out of 20 for 155 and two. Dante Foreman and the rest of the team really struggled. He had seven, seven carries for 23, caught two targets for negative two yards. Um, and when a Panthers running back finally found the end zone, it was actually Raheem Blackshear. Uh, Five carries for 13 and that touchdown and bring in four out of four targets for 40. And then, of course, we know that Baker being back at center meant that DJ Moore owners' dreams were all bedashed. He had two out of six for 24. And Tommy Tremble was the other Panthers to catch a touchdown. I don't even know who any of these guys no. are. But the astonishing thing is that they have actually come out to say, you know, after this performance where Baker stepped in and really – made the loss uh less of a loss um they've already named pj walker as the starter for week 10. oh, oh my so no <laughs> nothing for baker um but for the Bengals, great bounce back game for burrow in the game you know burrow had 22 out of 28 two of six and one four carries and nine with a qbc but obviously, this is Joe Mixon's game. If you started him, you were happy. If you're going against him, you were very, very sad. Uh, <laughs> 22 carries for 153 and four rushing touchdowns. Then four out of five targets caught for 58 in a passing touchdown. In the first half of the game, he had 113 total yards, three rushing touchdowns, and one receiving touchdown, which put out. 45.1 fantasy points. He broke the franchise record for most touchdowns in one game and became one of five players who had 200 plus yards and five or more touchdowns from scrimmage since 1990. The only other current player that has done so is Jonathan Taylor. Um, the rest of the team, you know, Samaja Pirine came in to relieve Mixon, had six carries for 51 in garbage time. Higgins led the pass catchers, 7 out of 8 for 60, and then Boyd had 5 out of 6 for 44, with Hayden Hurst rounding it out, bringing all 5 for 35. But what what a comeback game for the Bengals after uh, after that Browns game. Yeah, can't, can't figure this guys out. Sometimes they're on with mix on, sometimes they're off. Yeah, that's, I mean, that was always a joke, right? Because I, I had him, like, the last three years. I don't have him this year, but... It was like, you never know if you were going to get mix on or mix off. And today was mix on. <laughs> and who went off to? Justin Fields, my boy. Yeah, this was a great game, a shootout. Dolphins, Bears, 35-32. Uh, loss of fast drives. Each team answered back on their own possessions. For the Dolphins, Tua had a nice start to the day, you know, quickly leading two scoring drives by hitting wide over receivers with accurate passes, 21 out of 30 for 302 and three. Jeff Wilson joined the Dolphins on Wednesday. We knew he would have a major role, and he did. 28 snaps, 13 rounds runs, 12 opportunities, had nine carries for 51, caught all three for 21 and a touchdown. Raheem Mostert had 26, played 26 snaps, 
had 12 routes, 11 opportunities, nine carries for 26, but missed his two targets. Um, I don't think it's, I think it's too early to say that Jeff Wilson is taking over the backfield, but he certainly did in this game. Um, Tyreek obviously continues to dominate seven out of eight from 143 and one. And the Waddle is pretty close behind there too. Five out of seven for 85 and one. But man, QB one of the week. Come on down, Justin Fields. 17 out of 23 for 123. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, 15 carries for 178 and one. That's 42.72. Fantasy points. That's the most rushing yards by a quarterback in a regular season game ever. in NFL history. Ever. But uh, uh, yeah, ever. It's crazy. Um, but outside of Justin Fields, honestly, Chicago had a really tough time establishing the run. Uh, Herbert only seven carries for 23. Montgomery only 14 carries for 36. Uh, Darnell Mooney had the passing play of the day with his touchdown. It was a beautiful catch and throw where he lined up in the slot and ran a corner route. Uh, early on, Claypool, he was targeted deep, but he was pretty much covered up. He had two out of six for 13. I think something he's someone that I want to continue to watch as this offense develops. Um, this offense is finally starting to get exciting, which is crazy to think about, um, being excited to watch a Bears game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Cole Komet got good usage, too. He had five out of six for 41 and two, and then two Ks for nine. It was very clear that the game scripted him in. He saw a lot of good red zone usage. All right. Moving into Seahawks Cardinals. So final scores 31-21 for the Seahawks. You know, Geno Smith, he continues to play like a top quarterback. 26 out of 34 for 275 and two. Six carries for 38. We're, I mean, we're nine games into the season. And Geno Smith is leading the NFL in completion percentage. He's six in yards per attempt. He's fourth in um, quarterback rankings, and third in the passer rating, which is wild, absolutely wild. Um, Kenneth Walker, he actually began this game kind of slow. Couldn't find the end zone until the third quarter. He ended up 26 carries for 109 and two, and then caught three out of four targets for 20. Still great production through four starts. In his last four starts, he's had 424 rushing yards, six rushing touchdowns, and 87.8 fantasy points so you're getting on average 20 points a week which is pretty good uh Lockett and Metcalf they split the targets with five for five five out of five for 67 and one and then five out of six for 37 and one respectively and then Will Disley and Colby Parkinson saw another combined eight targets as the Seahawks continue to get all the three tight end involves honestly props to Pete Carroll props to Pete Carroll because this team going into the season they were Graded, they were expected to be like the worst team in the league, and look at, look at them now. Yeah, the opposite of uh, Frank Reich. Uh, good coaching, <laughs> no? <laughs> um, the Cardinals. Yeah, like, we know the jokes here. Cardinals are now zero and two since the new Call of Duty came out. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, Kyler Murray still had a good day though. Twenty-five out of thirty-five for one seventy-five and two. And then eight carries for 60. James Conner returned to action. Looked pretty good on his seven carries. But the game script turned pretty pass-heavy when the Cardinals fell behind. Conner also caught all five of his targets, but only for 19 yards. With James Conner's return, you know, Benjamin only had four carries for 12 and a catch for 15. And then it was kind of a quiet game, surprisingly, for DeAndre Hopkins. Only four out of five 
targets for 36 and one. It was Rondale Moore. He was finally being used more in the slot, which is where he tends to perform really well. It gave him a good day out of eight out of 10 for 69. And then Zach Ertz continues to be a solid tight end performer every week for you, which he had five out of eight for 40 and a touchdown. <laughs> so then after the exciting morning slates, we had two terrible afternoon games. Terrible. terrible. Yeah. I mean, okay. So first up, we have Rams Bucks. The final score was 13 16. It's a terrible game to watch. Two struggling offenses. Both quarterbacks face. Um, the same the same outlook, you know, they had underperforming offensive lines going against a strong performance from the opponent's defense. Receivers just dropping the ball everywhere. But obviously Tom Brady got it done in the end. I do think it was good for them to win this game. Like this was their, you know, must win, kind of like how the Lions were the Packers must win. This was their must win and they pulled it off, but it was still not a good showing by the Bucks. Like they still look absolutely horrific um but i know that you know obviously brady felt pretty good post game finally getting a win um for the rams matthew stafford looks washed the rams had four running backs active acres daryl henderson and ronnie rivers malcolm brown henderson led with 12 carries for 56 acres and his return continues to look terrible five carries for three yards um brown had two carries with nine yards and a catch for 10 I mean, the, the Rams seem to think that Kyron Williams will be the answer when he returns, so we'll see. Cooper Cup had a day, 8 out of 9 for 127-1, and one, and the rest of the receivers are pretty much irrelevant. <laughs> and for the Bucks, you know, a record-breaking performance from Brady considering he had no time to throw, 36 out of 58 for 280-1. and one. Run game... I don't – where's the run game on this team? No, Fournette had know. nine carries for 19, five out of seven targets caught for 41. Rashad White had eight carries for 27, three out of three targets caught for only seven. In the first half, they alternated drives. In the second half, they were seen rotating each other out in the same drive. And, my God, like Mike Evans couldn't catch a ball to save his goddamn life. Five out of 11 for 40. Godwin was used mostly in the slot, had 7 out of 10 for 36. And then Cade Otten, we know, came up big, being Brady's safety valve, and he got the touchdown that got them the win, 5 out of 6 for 68. Nice. <laughs> um, then we move into Sunday night football. This, this game uh, – It's okay. Not, it was okay. Not the best. You know, Titans Chiefs final score 17 20. Titans, Titans had it for a little bit, you know? Like they we know that Derrick Henry carries this offense. Derrick Henry and the Titans defense carried this game with that side of the ball. Derrick Henry had 17 carries for 115 and two. And then this Titans receiving core was cringeworthy at best. Like Derrick Henry and the Titans defense was this whole team. But they could have kept themselves in the game, but as soon as they were up, again, it's the same play calling as Minnesota where every time they're up, they play conservatively. Like, they would get the first down and be second and long, and they would take Derrick Henry out. Like, why Why did you? Why? Why would you take him out? It's, it's so bizarre. Um, so bizarre. The Titans took themselves out of the running for this game. Uh, but, I mean, the, 
the refs kind of kept the Chiefs in the game also. <laughs> Obviously, Patrick Mahomes just did Patrick Mahomes things. 43 out of 68 for 446 and one. Six carries for 63 and one. Outside of Mahomes, like the running backs for this team ran a total of 14 yards. <laughs> the only impressive stat was that Jarek McKinnon, who was a great short route runner and the dump off guy, caught six out of eight for 40. Then Travis Kelsey was a big part of this game as both a receiver and a decoy. He had 10 out of 17 for 106. And then it looks like Mahomes is really starting to build chemistry with Juju in this wideout room. You know, he had 10 out of 12 for 88. Nico Hardman caught the touchdown pass in this game along with 6 out of 9 for 79. MVS, he actually led the wide receiver group in snap counts, but he only got one out of wow. the 68 total targets in the game, which is kind of a crazy stat. It's very bizarre. And then Kadarius Tony, the oh. overhyped Kadarius Tony in his Chiefs debut. Played 8.9% of snaps out of 101. Four slot, three wide, two in lines, six routes run, two out of two for 12. Well, he does. I did see him, so uh, he's that thing, I guess. <laughs> I guess but so. Overhyped, like, I've never seen anyone so overhyped. Yeah. Um, okay, then we got last night's game Ravens Saints. Uh, 27-13 was the final score. You know, the Saints entered this game. They had a chance to pull into a three-way tie for the NFC South with Atlanta and Tampa Bay, but instead they were completely bullied by the Baltimore Ravens, who are missing so many offensive starters, which is crazy. Uh, you know, for the Ravens, the Ravens converted 9 out of 15 third downs and had 319 total yards of offense, which is so impressive. Lamar started hot. Um, with what looked like a design run play, but instead it was a 24-yard touchdown catch by Isaiah Likely. Uh, Lamar ended 12 out of 22 for 133 and 1, and 11 carries for 82. Sadly, the only big play of the day for Likely was that touchdown. He missed his other four targets. And then after that first touchdown, Lamar took the team on a 12-play drive that ended in a Kenyon Drake touchdown. You know, Kenyon Drake without Gus Ed absolutely dominate the run game 12 carries mm -hmm. for 93 and two touchdowns bringing in two out of two for 16. and then the ball was spread around to the wideouts but the ravens i mean it was a solid run game which is their specialty to take away this win for the yep. same side of the ball andy dalton 19 out of 29 to 10 a lone touch or a lone passing touchdown to Juwan Johnson, two out of two for 42. End zone, poor showing overall by Dalton, who sacked four times, had an interception on a pass tip by Brent Urban that set up Kenyon Drake for his second touchdown. Alvin Kamara was held to just nine carries of 30 and then had three out of four targets for 32. The down day for Taysom Hill as well, who had a 13-yard pass, a carry for six, and missed his only target. Then Chris Olave, who had been balling out the last couple weeks, also only ended 6 out of 9 for 71. So props to the Ravens' defense for stepping it up. Nice way for them to end the week and you know head off into the bye week. Yep. Well, and there you go, folks. That's a lot of info we got with your 30% battery. Where are you at now? I'm at the office. I'm at the electric office no, no, no. in LA. 
Oh, in LA again. Oh no, battery wise, how much battery do you have? Oh, we're at twelve percent. Oh, see, we made it perfect. All right, so we had a little, <laughs> but yeah, Andy Dalton had a typical Monday night meltdown. Couldn't feed his players. He could have checked it all the time on Camara. Didn't do that. Decided to take sacks. What a disaster! Horrible, horrible. <laughs> Anyways, there you go. Uh, like, hope everyone is feeling a little bit better. I hope we got some answers from Vivian, but. Now it's time to wrap this up. And just like Frank Reich and Vivian's computer, ouch, we are out of here.